Absolute Geek Podcast. It's Thursday night in Satan's asshole, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm melting Kyle. See that we were barely surviving the temperatures, huh, Kyle? Yeah, I'm so. I mean, I've become such a pansy over the last few years. The longer that I've worked inside now, the worse the heat has been on me. Like forever, I just, you know, I complained about it and it was hot, but like I don't ever remember it being like this. Yeah. And I think it's just because I've gotten used to being inside instead of being outside for fucking 12 hours a day. You know what I mean? I'm only outside for like 30 minutes total over the course of the day. Well, the weirdest thing is like today it was only like 114, 115, and it felt hotter than when it was 121. No, man, it was so fucking hot. It was 120. My car, dude, it said like 127. Jesus. When I was driving home from work that day. I guess Death Valley, California hit 130 and people were stopping and taking pictures with like temperature signs and shit. Fuck that. I wouldn't have got out to do that. Right. 130 degrees. They shut down planes here from Sky Harbor. Yeah. It's nuts. It's only the smaller planes. Yeah. Because they can't get the lift <clears throat> off with the heat. But still, like, people died. Like, people died on the, the hiking trails. Like, why would you go hiking when it's that damn hot? Especially when Phoenix Fire says... It must have been like Andy from Minnesota. Especially when Phoenix Fire Department says, we, you're doing it at your own risk because we can't come save you because it's too hot. Our helicopter can't generate lift. Yep. So, you're on your own. And then... It's usually out-of-towners. Two people died. It's nuts, man. It should never be that hot. No, it's fucking... Fucking, uh... Global warming isn't real. Bobby's mama said it best. What? Phoenix is a monument to man's oh, arrogance. arrogance, yeah. Because <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It, it sucks. It is not fun. When it's nice here, it's great. Yeah. But we fucking, we pay for it for fucking like five months. Wherever you are in the world, if you're going to come to Phoenix, come between like November and February, and February early March. Yep. Otherwise, don't fucking come. Yeah, just stay away. Just stay away. Back away slowly. Go around us. Because it sucks here. But who knows? I wish I wish one summer it would be like we never got over 90 degrees. I'd be okay with that. It'll never happen. Yeah. It's just time that we... The only thing we can hope for here is that we have less than 100 days of less, of less than 100 degrees. Or, uh, you know what I mean? That... Uh, there's we have less than a like because last year I think it was a hundred degrees st- days straight, it was above a hundred degrees. Yeah. So I think all we can do is hope for is we have less of those days. Well, I don't know. It's it, the the funny part is that, like we're not even in our our hottest months yet. Nope. Our hottest months are like July and August. July is our hottest month, and our August is our humid month. So that's when our humidity kicks in. I can't. In, I, I don't even want to know what July is going to be like. It'll be normal. June is usually... We usually have a couple really hot days in June because... It was 116 this time last year. Yeah, at so Fiend Comic Con. It's the same temperature yeah. it was last year. So it was four degrees hotter last year and three because it was 119 the day before. So, no, it's four degrees hotter this year than last year. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I know so. what you're saying. So, uh... But you know what? You feel that. Each degree over, like, 110, you feel. Oh, absolutely. I... 
100% agree. But what's happening now is it's hot and it's it's not cooling down. So that's why it feels so much hotter because yeah. nothing's cooling down. It's just staying hot. Because well, it only gets to like 90 degrees and then the sun comes up again. Yep. It's not getting down to 70 or letting things cool off. What we need to make is we need to make something that doesn't hold heat and lay it on the roads. Yeah. And put it on top of the tile roofs so that all that heat doesn't get absorbed. And then it will... It'll be. It won't be. It'll cool down at night. What we need to do is build a giant rocket propulsion system to propel the Earth back a little bit, so just it's not so close to back. the sun. Just yep, like a degree. Just yep. kick it back a degree. Yep. So that way we're nice and cool, just like fucking. I think we need to put Mars in front of us. Or we need to, to rip out all of the stupid uh, rose fields, and put man-made lakes. <laughs> so that way that cools us down. So maybe we can. We can be like California and have a nice breeze. But what happens is California just needs to fall off so that the yeah, ocean comes and cools us down. Then I, I'm okay with that, too. Yeah. They can just break off and be their own little island and then just come all in. And It'd be a scuba diver. <laughs> scuba diving for treasures. Yeah. California treasures. Yep. And our Arizona Bay. <laughs> <laughs> the Arizona Bay. Uh, but, so did you watch Fear the Walking Dead this week, by the way? It. Um, Wasn't it all in Spanish? Yes. Fuck. Yes, I, I did watch it. I didn't watch it. Didn't I started it? to, and I was like, I can't do this. It wasn't bad. I mean, it just was the whole thing was in Spanish, so you had to read subtitles. Which, if you don't mind reading subtitles, it wasn't bad. My problem is, is like I can only watch a show for like thirty minutes. That's like that. Otherwise, like my mind starts wandering, or I yeah. start doing something else, and I'm not paying attention. And, and, like, when I'm watching that show, I multitask. So, like, I'll be doing something. Usually it's a, on a Sunday night. I'll be editing What the Fuck Friday to put out Monday morning. So I'm doing that while it's on in the background. So I'm catching what they're saying and what's going on without having to watch it. And then when you're reading subtitles, it's like you have to dedicate your hour of your life to that. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just hate that they, I can't fo- do they that. focused. I don't, I, I just, I don't agree when they focus on one person for the entire episode. Yeah. You gotta know what's going on with this character that hasn't yeah. been there in like, yeah, sixty episodes. You know what I mean? He disappeared. He shows back up, and he, I don't know. He just, I just, I don't like when they, they like they should have. I think the episodes are better when they, we have we see what's going on. Like I said, this most of last season, of The Walking Dead, is if we, they break apart and they show us for a while what's going on here and a while what's going on here, and then they just bounce back and forth. We, you know, this. You know, all the way up to this commercial break is here, you know, and then all the way up to this commercial break is this person, and then back to this person after this commercial, and then we get a little bit of a variety in it. Yeah. And then half the episode would have been in English, and I could have, and you could have multitasked. You can put two and two together. But the next episode looks really good. Yeah. Because I think they're going back to the, to the community. That that uh, what's her name wants to take over? Do you see that they're trying to connect her to Rick Grimes? They're trying to say that that's Rick Grimes' sister. That it's going to come out that her last name is Grimes. Oh, I'm going to be pissed if they do. That her maiden name is Grimes. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed if they do that. I'm going to stop watching the Fear of the Walking Dead. You're going to get Walking Dead season eight, and you're going to have Rick go, "My sister." Where's my sister? My sister's in Mexico. <laughs> Well, he wouldn't. My sister was a, my sister was a school counselor in California. Yeah, and oh, everyone's dude. gonna go. Oh, if he says really? that, dude, I'm shutting it off. 
well, I'll try again next week. <laughs> uh, I don't think they will because I think that would. I think everybody would kind of react how I reacted just now. Not down for it. Not down for it. Not down for the set. I think there would be a, a, a petition to AMC to not make her, her his related. <laughs> yeah. A petition to 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 rewrite it as a bad dream. Apparently, uh, Stan Lee Comic-Con badge is going on sale tomorrow, so if you want to go to Stan Lee's Kamikaze, tomorrow they go on sale. Oh, we should apply for press. Three-day multi-badge on sale tomorrow. Get some. We should. There you go. There's there's a little bit of news for you. That's it. That's all the news. That's it. That's all we got. Time for comic book see reviews. You, see you later, guys. Have a great week. <laughs> um, Thanks, everybody. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, let's get into some news. Fuck it. Fuck it. Um, let's see. Brian Singer has stepped down from directing X Men: Dark Phoenix. Uh, director Simon Kinder is going to take over. So uh, finally, Brian Singer is not fucking around with X Men anymore. Fuck, finally. So maybe Dark Phoenix might Did actually he be write, a good movie. Uh, uh, a Wonder what was that him that wrote the one a Wonder Woman script? I'm not sure. I wasn't. I haven't heard. And, I know there was one that was floating around that was like fucking garbage. There was one that. Someone had maybe it was, maybe it was him. I don't know, but there was one floating around. It was a terrible Wonder Woman script. It probably Brian Singer then. Yeah, seems like something he would do. Since he but he wrote it like him. in like two thousand and seven. Yeah, apparently the new Transformers movie is hot shit. It's getting fucking trashed. Really? Yeah. I wasn't too hip on it. Like, have you seen the commercials and the trailers? Yeah. For it? Like I read One of the articles I read today was um, Michael Bay puts his Rambling Bumbling Idiotacy On screen In Transformers The last night I was like Damn <laughs> That's a That's a pretty harsh review But Everyone Like everyone um, Everyone I've read Some of the people I, I watch on YouTube For other things Did reviews on it And they're like This is the biggest Piece of shit I've ever seen Well it's the last one I'm sure he just Fucking he just meshed every piece of shit idea he had into it as a final hoorah, fuck you, I've made a bunch of Transformer movies. See, and that goes against, well, yeah, it's his last one, but they're they're marketing it as the final chapter. But they just said last year that they were making a whole universe, that there's going to be like five more movies. And they're talking about a Bumblebee standalone movie and like a Bumblebee origin movie, and they're talking about all this other shit, so... Is it actually the final Transformers movie, or is is it just Michael Bay's final one? I don't know why they call it the final chapter then. That's what I was wondering. But to me, I there's all those reports. That made me, as the reader of the screen, yeah, assume right? that it was the last one. Right, and then they had because uh, they were trying to get. Um, I remember if you remember last year they were talking about trying to get Robert Kirkman on board to to help write Zombie some Transformers? Of the, some of the scripts for Transformers. For the new universe they were trying cool to build. Zombies. But um, Avengers 4, Captain Marvel, and Ant-Man 2 film, filming schedules released. Ant-Man and Wasp production will uh, reportedly kick off on July 6th, while filming expected to wrap on November 30th. <laughs> production on That's the entitled fourth <laughs> Avengers film will run from July 17th through December 13th. Captain Marvel is set to begin production this January and expected to run from January 8th to May 11th. A lot of filming. Yes, it is. 
And out of those movies, the only one I'm super excited for is... Spider-Man! Avengers Woo! and Captain Marvel. That's getting amazing reviews. It's a Spider-Man movie that everybody wanted. That's what, I'm, that's what I've read, like, in a couple of different reviews. It's going to be fucking great. Getting the amazing reviews right now. And apparently, the after-the-credits scene is the must-see. It's a must-see scene. Really? Did you see... It's carnage. Did you see that uh, interview... That the head of Sony did with the with Kevin Feige from Marvel, where she's like talking like oh, Venom it. is gonna be connected to Spider Man, but not connected. And he's just sitting there like looking at her like I wish this bitch would just shut up. Like, like just, they like, said, yeah, him, he said it's, it's it's connected in the universe, but it's at a different time and a different place. And yeah, and he's like, hmm. well, Spider Man is MCU for three movies, so I don't know how that's connected, but. We'll get more into that later. I'm sure she fucking... I'm sure she got her hand smacked for that one. Probably. DuckTales reboot reveals premiere date. Disney XD eagerly awaits... Uh, or eagerly awaited revival of DuckTales will premiere on August 12th with a one-hour movie before the series begins its regular run in September. Um, oh, do you see that new show? I don't know. Oh, this is off. This is way off topic, but have you seen the new show that Seth MacFarlane's going to be in? No. No? Uh-uh. Holy fuck! He's gonna be in like a Star Trek type show. Oh really? Yeah, it's on. It's coming out in September. But he's he's it's, like he's it's like not the, like Galaxy Quest, is it? No, but it's a show. Oh, well, you, Galaxy it, Quest is a movie, but they're yeah. gonna be doing a show about it. That's I, what I'm saying. It's no, I haven't seen anything. It's about. not like Galaxy Quest. I, well, I mean, I think it might, it's gonna be humorous and it's gonna be like that Seth MacFarlane humor in it. It's gonna be like a Star Trek esque show. Yes. Hmm. You haven't seen the fucking thing? Oh my no, god! No, I have to look it up. I've been waiting. Like I seen the first like trailer thing for it like about two months ago and they just announced the premiere dates mm. it's in the middle of september because i don't watch family guy anymore i it's on I, it pops up on my facebook oh really yeah like one of those facebook sponsored because i don't watch uh, i haven't watched family guy in a couple of years it's because it feels like rehashed and recycled so yeah um the black panther te- teaser grabbed over 89 million views in the first 24 hours the what? The Black Panther teaser trailer. Dude, that thing looks fucking badass. Yes, it does. And the music with it is awesome. And they grabbed over 89 million views in the first 24 hours. The Black Panther teaser um, is the it, only Thor Ragnarok and Captain America Civil War earned more views in 24 hours than the Black Panther teaser trailer. It's called the Orville. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. See, I think he's captain of a starship. So it's oh, it kind of looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks. That like looks like a straight like Star Trek ripoff. Yeah. Huh. It's gonna be. It's gonna be pretty fucking funny. I'm excited for it. Here's one that might tickle your fancy. I don't know if you saw this. Joel Schumacher apologizes for Batman and Robin. In your past, <laughs> in your past, Schumacher is taking credit for sucking the life out of the franchise with his 1990 film. But in a recent interview with Vice, he straight up apologized for his existence saying, look, I apologize, he said. I want to apologize to every fan that was disappointed because I think I owe them that. That's funny. He waited a long time to apologize for it. <laughs> yeah, he did. But at least he finally did it, and he, he realizes that maybe bat nipples wasn't the fucking best choice. <laughs> bat nipples. Um, let's see. Hellboy's getting a reboot, and Guillermo del Toro weighs in Dude, on... Dude, they keep fucking teasing us with that. It's going to be R-rated. Fuck yeah. And it's, it's a complete reboot. Guillermo del Toro um, weighed in on it because he's not part of it. Sitting in an interview, I don't own Hellboy. 
Uh, so you know if he's uh, uh, Mike McGlona does. So you know if he's the father of the character and he wants to reboot it, it's perfectly fine. I got to make two. That's more than I thought I would. Um, so you know, as good. far as I'm concerned, Godspeed and God bless. That's cool. So it's going to be a live action. It's live action. It's R-rated, and the dude who plays uh, Hopper in Stranger Things, the cop, he's uh, the new Hellboy. I can see that. It's not going to be Ron Perlman, but it's going to be I can see that David, whatever his name is, from Stranger Things. He's got the voice. Yeah, I can picture the voice of it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I approve. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for it because I like Hellboy. I like both those movies. Yeah, I like Hellboy and Golden Army. I mean, I thought they were both pretty good. I just watched it the other day. Really? Yeah. I've never seen either one of them. Really? I've just never been a Hellboy fan. I just never... I got a kick out of them. I like And I'm them. not really a Ron Perlman fan. I think I'm the only person in the world who's like not really a Ron Perlman fan. I didn't really care for him in Sons of Anarchy. Like, I, like, I was glad when they killed him. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't think he was that great in... In the fucking uh, Ocean movie. Ocean with a move where the monsters come out of the water and they go and they fight them with robots. Oh, uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah. I don't know. That movie got a lot of hype. If you ask me, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was all right. I, I actually should have been Even Galleon. It shouldn't have been fucking Pacific Rim. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, I thought it wasn't bad. I'd like to see another one. They are making a second one. They are making a second one. Yeah. I... They should have... It'll be cool. They just shouldn't have that dude from It's Always Sunny in it. <laughs> Charlie Day? Yeah. <laughs> you don't like Charlie Day? Not in that movie. Do you watch It's Always Sunny? I used to. I figured that'd be a show that's like right up your alley. Yeah, it's funny. I watched the first few seasons, but it's just... I, I forget about shows easy. Uh, if you were hoping to see Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones an Iron Fist in the MCU soon, looks like you're going to have to wait... Um, Marvel Studios chief Kevin Feige was was recently asked about the possibility of those Netflix characters showing up anytime soon via Screen Geek, and the odds don't look promising. He said, maybe someday, no plans right now, maybe someday, but we have a lot of characters in the MCU, and one of the things that is so special about those characters on Netflix show is their dynamic together. They're all coming together to be the Defenders later this year, and we're doing our own thing. What character do you think will come out where people will finally be like, okay, it's fucking enough. Um, Captain Britain. You think so? You think that'll be this thing? <laughs> that'll be the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, because eventually, you know. No, it'll be, st- like, it'll be some stupid, like, DC, like, arm fall off man or some shit that, like, gets made and the people are just like, oh, fucking enough. Enough is enough. Like, I, I was trying to think of that earlier. Like, what fucking character where you're just going to go, Enough. Enough is a fucking enough. <laughs> what the fuck is your people's problem? Right. Marvel, shut the fuck up. Like I think the minute Modoc shows up in a movie, that'll be it for me. <laughs> like I, I was trying to think, what 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 character for me would break? Would you know truly be the straw that broke the camel's back? I that's a, that's such a hard one. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll know it when we see it. I guess so. Jurassic World 2 finally gets a title. This morning, the studio unveiled a new teaser poster that features... Jurassic Park 5? Nope. That features the familiar logo accompanied by the title Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, as well as Jeff Goldblum's tagline from the first movie, Life Finds a Way. 
I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to guess what this is gonna be about. The announcement kicks off uh, the one-year countdown to the sequel's June twenty-second, twenty-eighteen release. Let's see what's gonna happen. There's gonna be dinosaurs, and something's gonna go awry. You don't say. And people are gonna get eaten and hurt, and then somebody's gonna have to step up and try to stop it. Hmm. I think that's. I just. I have this gut feeling. Man. Something. Something just is telling me that that's what's gonna happen. You should go play the lottery because I think you got some psychic powers. I, I, I think I'm onto something. <laughs> I think Jeff Goldblum is going to have a um, a gleaming chest moment. A gleaming chest moment. <laughs> I think he's gonna walk around. He's gonna have artificial chest bush, just <gasps> spilling out of his shirt. How awesome that would and be! And it's gonna be like it's strangely like unbuttoned really low. And you can see like a plastic triangle. Yeah, it's gonna come down like to where like to him. his man boobs meet the top of his stomach, like his sternum. And he's just gonna have like an over exaggerated chest. With the, pubes with the with the gold chain, <laughs> yeah, just over exaggerated chest pubes coming out of there. Well, he's just constantly like spraying baby oil on him. Cut. Goldblum needs more oil. <sighs> Could you imagine being Goldblum's oil boy? Oil boy. I picture him being short, <laughs> like a little bit shorter than a Jose. A little bit shorter than a Changa. <laughs> oil boy. Like and always running up and seem real tired. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, sir. <laughs> and he fucking. <laughs> lathers up <laughs> he just goes to town I'm hurrying sir I'm hurrying <laughs> as he's like <laughs> like he's like he's winded as he does it uh, maybe and, and his parts way to the right <laughs> like almost like his part to he's his got that better call, he's got like, that better call Saul hair yeah like touches his ear and he parts his hair over I was laughing Kel and I were watching the, the season finale of better call Saul and there's a shot where he's looking forward, and his partner's, like, so weird. It looks like his he's got a bad toupee that's on sideways. So it looks like the front of his toupee should be at the side of his head. It, it's, it's just really weird with the way his hair part is. So how did that end? How did that, like, was it a good season finale? Yeah, or? it was really good. It's one of my favorite shows on TV. Is that good, huh? Yep. It's right up there with Breaking Bad, man. Really? Yeah. I might have to go back and watch it. It then. is right up there with Breaking Bad. It's the first season on Netflix? I think I've talked about The first about two season. seasons are on Netflix, I think. It's on season three? Yeah. Holy shit. It just wrapped season three. I'm about to go back and watch the first two seasons. Of Watchmen TV series reportedly in the works. HBO, people, yeah. HBO. A television adaption, adoption of the Watchmen, this uh, seminal 1986 DC miniseries by Alan comics? Moore. Uh, I have the com- the compendium. I don't have the individuals. My brother has all the individuals. Um, Does he want to sell them? <laughs> no. <laughs> God, I hope not. I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> by Alan Moore and you David Gibson. No, I don't care. It's reportedly an early development at HBO. The guy who did uh, Lost and the Leftovers is going to be writing it. So. Oh, that'd be cool. Because I mean, I thought um, what's his name who directed Star Wars? Fucking did lo- wrote Lost. Who George J.J. Abrams? Oh, J.J. Abrams. I thought J.J. Abrams. I wrote think Lost. he was part of it, but I don't think he. I don't know if he wrote it. Let's check. We have these handy dandy things that we can we can fact check. Oh, I mean, just instead of looking at just stupid a, shit on yeah, Facebook. Just a yeah. That's, Dude, that's I, 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 I look at this as you're looking that up. I, this, this this must be Justin's Dutch Brothers cup. Yes, it is. So I've never. I've always been a Starbucks person. He J.J. Abrams. Was part of the creative team. Oh, yeah. But, um, 
and my wife has never had Dutch Brothers. I've had it once, but I've always I'm, we've we're Starbucks people because we we want, we have to look cool with everybody. Uh huh. Um, you got You got to be conformists. I get it. Yeah, it's you know it happens. Everybody, everybody's <laughs> yeah. got everybody's got their thing. Um, but I was like, you know what? She's like, let's get coffee. This was on Father's Day. Whenever that was, was it Sunday? I don't know. Um, was it last Sunday? No, it's this Sunday. It was, it was last Sunday, Sunday. Just passed. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, she's like, I don't know. I was like, well, let's just stop at Dutch Brothers. You ever gone to Dutch Brothers? Yeah, I've been to Dutch Brothers a couple times. So we get there and it's like it's Sunday morning. It's like I don't know, ten o'clock in the morning, nine thirty, ten. I was we're on our way to Total Wine. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we're on our way to Total Wine at nine nine in the morning. Yeah, you know we're when it opens. <laughs> we're casuals. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, let's stop. So we get there and as I don't know if the Dutch I don't know if Dutch Brothers is everywhere. I don't know if it's uh-huh. if, I don't know if I don't know how far the reach of Dutch Brothers is to everybody that's out there listening. Yeah. I don't know if it's... I don't know. We don't have many here in Phoenix. There's only a few. Uh-huh. There's a handful of them here in Phoenix. It's not like Starbucks where it's on every corner, you know? So we get there, and it's... it's, it's the one we went to, was like, it's like it's this little shack. Yeah, that's how they all are. It's like... Oh, okay. They're all in, like, little shacks, yeah. Yeah, and you can't walk in, like, Starbucks right. or anything. Yep, you just drive up. So we got there and the line was probably there's probably like I don't know forty fucking cars in line. They always have a line. And I was like, Jesus Christ! Well, we'll just park and get out. It took me forty five minutes to get a cup of coffee. Even standing outside. Standing outside. Jesus. There were so many people standing in line. There were so many cars. It was I don't know. And then it wasn't like their coffee's really sweet. Yeah, it's very it's very sweet. It's very sweet. And I don't you know what I mean I'm a, I'm a one one cream one sugar kind of guy yeah you know what i mean so i definitely prefer starbucks to dutch bros some people for prefer dutch bros i i'm not one of those people it's just, like you said it's very very sweet like i i could see maybe if the lines were shorter and i had the time to be a regular customer i could hone my drinking yeah you know like like but i i just say i you know what i just i think that's insane though like like you can't stop there on your way to work. No, 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 no. That, you know what I mean? Because you would have to you would have to dedicate an additional hour to your morning just to get Dutch Bros. To get Dutch Brothers. Yeah, that's crazy. I just it just blows my mind that, and I know people like coffee. I need you know like, you know what I mean? It's 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 part of our world, you know. But mm-hmm. fuck that. I would rather go to Starbucks and wait five minutes for my drink. The only time I ever go to Dutch Bros is, like, my bank is right over by one. So, like, if I have to go to the bank in the afternoon, um, I'll, like, I'll take Max with me, and I'll just go do what I need to do, and we'll go through Dutch Bros, because they give what's called a puppuccino. It's essentially just a, a cup of whipped cream. Yeah, the, there was a chick in front of me with two big dogs that she couldn't control that were jumping and linking everybody. They were, like, and that's, they got up and fucking... They, they gave her the that two of them yeah so that I usually stop and get him a treat and myself a coffee and and that's it but I don't go out of my way to go to Dutch Brothers well I mean it was kind of on our way it was like a mile out of our way driving no I'm not saying you went out of your way I'm just saying I won't go out of my way just to go to Dutch Brothers I don't think I'll ever go back really I, I, for a guy who stands in line for 12 hours to fucking get an autograph 
it, I don't like to stand in line for 45 minutes to get a cup of coffee. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you have any lines, we fucking stand in it for this Comic Con. I mean, right. We didn't even bat an eye on it, but I'm here bitching. <laughs> if I was like, standing in line to get coffee. <laughs> As long as I get my autograph, I'm good. But if I had to get coffee, <laughs> fuck that. I'm going to line for 12 hours for Stop Tom yeah. McFarland, but I'm going to fuck standing in line for 45 minutes. Right, to get some coffee. <laughs> so J.J. Abrams, he just helped create it. He didn't write it. Uh, he was one of the writers. There was a multiple man writing team on Lost. Man writing team. Yep. <laughs> man, baby. <laughs> I don't know if it's like that, but... Um, Nothing but testosterone. <laughs> Dean Kane. Dean Kane wants to revive Lois and Clark for fifth season. Pass. In a recent interview in the Australian news channel 7 News Sydney, the former Superman explained that the show's cliffhanger, a season four final in which newlyweds Lois and Clark are confronted with the sudden appearance of a mysterious baby, was not intended to mark the show's end. Apparently, um, whoever plays... Babies do that to people. ...plays Lois, got pregnant, and they just canned the show at that point. Um... So uh, Han Solo loses a director. Directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller depart from the Han. S- yeah, depart from the Han Solo Star Wars um, anthology film. The directors were fired from the project over creative differences. That means that movie's gonna be a train wreck. But no, have no fear. Ron Howard was re- heard was just signed to direct the Han Solo movie from Disney. So I hope it's like. Um I hope the whole movie now will be closer to uh, what was that last movie he directed? Fucking for the Juno. Oh, um, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Howard has been named the new pilot for the Han Solo flick. After reports suggest that he was clear the did clear even, front runner earlier this that? week. Juno, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, sources tell the site Howard will meet with the cast <laughs> to soothe a rattled set and will uh, pour over a rough edit to see what the project has and still needs. The film reportedly had three and a half weeks left of shooting and five weeks of reshoot in the works. They were only three weeks away from finished shooting. Jason Reitman directed it. Never mind. <laughs> Take it back. They were only three weeks away from the end of shooting before these two dudes got fired. So Ron Howard's going to direct it for the last three weeks? He's going to go in, apparently, and do I hope a, he comes back and he refucks and they reshoot the entire movie. Like well, Justice League. that's what he's going to do. He said he's going to go in. He's going. Uh, Ron Howard did Apollo thirteen, A Beautiful Mind, Splash, Rush, Cocoon. He he did the Da Vinci Code movies. Um, a Beautiful Mind. Did you see that? Cinderella Man, Willow. He did Willow. He did Backdraft. He's done a lot of good movies. Yeah, He's directed that. a lot of good I movies. Take it back. Um. Oh, dude, he did Night Shift. But, so apparently he's going to. He did Ed TV. Yep. He's also directing The Dark Tower. That's yep. cool. I take it back. I take back everything I said. <laughs> Especially the fact that I got the wrong director. Uh, but yeah, he's going to do reshoots and do a rough edit of the f- the film to see what it's still missing. Dude, he did Osmosis Jones. That's a fucking awesome movie. I, I honestly hope they just scrap it and he directs it again from the start to finish. But why would you? I mean, what could have happened that was that bad that that you were that close to being done that you would fire someone? Obviously, they wanted to do something. They haven't said what it was over. They just say creative differences. But obviously, those two directors wanted to do something that was like crazy and outlandish for the character. And Disney was like, and Lucasfilm was like, no, that wouldn't happen. 
we're not going to do that. We're not going to go in that direction. I bet you he had wings and he flew like Star-Lord. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wonder if they're going to make him have a wife like they do in the comic books and he cheats on her with Leia. Who knows? Speaking of that, did you see the cause of Carrie, death for Carrie Fisher? I When I had seen it, I didn't see what the actual cause was. They had just showed what was in her system. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. She's a partier. She partied hard. She had ecstasy, heroin, and cocaine. She partied hard. Partied like a princess. Jesus Christ, man. She went out like a ball. No wonder her heart exploded. She had all that in her system. Fuck. You yeah, know? but you don't know. She didn't probably do it all at once. Sleep apnea, my ass. Well, yeah, she sleep apnea and he sh- fucking, then he do heroin, man. Right? Fucking. Fuck. Watch hey, out. Fuck it. You got to do what you got to do to take right. a plane trip, right? Right. So now we get into the me- the mi- the nitty gritty. Uh oh. The nitty gritty. Uh oh. Um. I don't know. I've thought about trying to implement a segment into this this show, where we do like we pick one topic. Pause. No. No. Oh. Where we we <laughs> we t- we take one topic and kind of do like a deep a deep dive into it, and kind of like. Pick Deep it dive apart. with Carl and Ooh, then I'll, then no, I'll, no, I take that back. No, no, no. <laughs> you don't ever do that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sony's Venom you film. Mean it's like it's like our Jerry Springer thought. Yeah, thought of the day. <laughs> Sony Venom film reportedly features Carnage's villain. Deep thoughts. Just a month after Matt. Sony Pictures announced Tom Hardy will star in, in Venom, we now know which villain he'll face in Spider-Man spinoff. The film will feature Carnage as the movie's premier antagonist. So. So let's talk about this for so a minute. So everybody buy your Amazing Spider-Man 361. Yeah, the hottest book on the planet now. <laughs> um, but let's talk about this for a second. How are you going to do this? For anybody that doesn't know, I'm sure there's some people out there that don't know who Carnage is. Carnage is the spawn of the symbiote Venom that Eddie Brock wears. Venom gets its spider powers from Spider-Man, who it originally attached to when it came to Earth. Um, it attached to Spider-Man, absorbed his powers... And started to turn him evil. So Spider-Man got rid of the suit. The suit felt betrayed and rejected. And then it attached to Eddie, Eddie Brock and became Venom. So that's where it gets its Spider-Man powers from. But it's still, it's still main goal is to connect back to Spider-Man. That's all it wants is to be back with Peter. Um, Do you always want to be back with Peter? Always. He's always in my heart. Makes it flutter. So Carnage is the spawn of Venom. It also has somewhat spider powers, but Carnage has the ability to shapeshift and regenerate, and like he can make axes with his arms and shit. Fucking and cool. Yeah, he's he's a good character. He attached himself. The symbiote went crazy when it attached itself to a, a psychopath by the name of Clytus Cassidy. Um, and, and then there you go. So it piques my interest how they're gonna do Carnage because I granted Carnage is the perfect villain villain for this movie if you think about it. But how are they going to do it? Is it going to be that they're going to have two symbiotes and one is going to, and they're just going to be both I, I being in a lab? I think one's going to be adopted and, so, and then one's going to be normal. They're going to have different upbringings. And <laughs> what's gonna... <laughs> that whole scorned family thing, huh? Yeah. Well, like, because I believe in the, uh, in the um, Ultimate Universe, I mean, anyone can correct me if I'm wrong and call me stupid, but I believe that Venom was created in a lab to be a cure for cancer. Because mm-hmm. I believe Harry Osborn is actually the first person to get the Venom symbiote in 
the um, Ultimate Spider-Man, and then it eventually goes to Eddie Brock. I might be wrong, but I think it. I think that's how it goes. Um, so I don't. I don't know. Do you think they'll go created in a lab? I think so. Just because we've talked about this before, I said I think with the way the movies are and stuff are now today, just like how they did Ninja Turtles, they did it in a lab instead yeah. of it being, you know, something that rolled into the, you know what I mean, into the sewer. It's something that was man-made. I think that's what they're going to do here. I think it's going to be somewhere. It's going to be a, it's going to be a team of scientists. They're they're trying to do something, and I think that's what's going to happen. Is it's going to be a spiral effect of something happening that that. You know that it spirals out of control and becomes what it becomes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's what it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a man-made lab thing. It's just the only way it seems like it could. Are the but then it comes. Will, will they create it using the DNA of Spider-Man, which gives it the spider powers, or you know, because then they're gonna have to explain how he can web sling and shit like that. I bet you they use. Because it wasn't because originally he shot web. Just like Spider-Man, out of the, but instead of doing the the thwip, it shot out of the top of his hand. Mm-hmm. And then only in recent, or you know, more recent adaptations of the character has he actually used his symbiote to web sling. So I wonder if they'll. That's what I'm. I wonder if they'd use like a like they would like. That's what I'm questioning is like maybe how... The, like the radioactive spider is like chilling in the corner or something or or maybe that they have their own version of that that they that's what they use. Because there's some speculation that um, the kid who's playing Spider-Man will make an appearance in this movie. Holland? Tom Holland will make an appearance in this movie. But I don't know if that's true. I don't know what the, the aspect of it will be. I don't know, but it'll it'll be weird to see how they do it. In the butt. As far as like carnage and venom, and the fact that one is actually the spawn of the other, and that's why the dynamic comes in is because it's a, you know, it's a mother father son relationship. It already it's, sounds like a like it already sounds like a rushed movie to me. It does because they're going to have to origin origin two two different characters, so they're going to have to do something to spiral all that and then they're going to have to create it so that there's you know what I mean so that I it already sounds like a rush cluster well and that's what drew the Venom symbiote to Eddie Brock was his hatred for Peter Parker because Peter Parker they both worked at the Bugle together Peter Parker kind of fucked him over and Eddie Brock you know that scene in the church from Spider-Man 3 which you know from Spider-Man 300 where he's like, I want you to kill Peter Parker, and the symbiote comes down the bell tower and lands on him. He turns into Venom. Yeah, that's how it happens in the comics. So, and that's what draws them together is both of their hatred for Peter Parker. But so. I don't see. I don't see that stuff happening. No, absolutely not. Like I, I think everything is going to be lab programmed, something to that effect. You know what I mean? Like, cause unless it's already a, an alien symbiote that somehow crumbs to Earth. And unless they do it that way where he's like, it already comes to Earth and has these powers already, and Venom stops. Like, something happens where Venom stops Cassidy, and a piece of the symbiote gets attached to him, and then it just multiplies on him and grows into its own symbiote on top of him to make carnage. That's the only other way I could see it happening. I I, I think they're going to have a tricky time 
making it work. I really do. I really don't see it going over into a movie that well for some reason. Like, it's not... No, I... I, I, I mean, just speculation-wise, to me, like, I can't, you know... But I don't get paid the big bucks to write it. I don't get paid the big right. bucks. You know what I mean? But, like, just... But you got to keep in mind, this is Sony. This is the same people that have already given us six Spider-Man movies, technically. Because you had the... Th- well, no, sorry, no. Four, five Spider-Man movies. Because you've had the three with Maguire, and then you had the two... Garfield? Gar- Andrew Garfield ones. I liked those ones. I enjoyed them, too. I, I, I did, like, Rhino in the second one. No, but... But I, th- it I thought Andrew Garfield was a much better Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire, but I thought Tobey Maguire was a much better Peter Parker than Andrew Garfield. And I think this Holland kid's going to fucking nail both. I think so, too. By, by the trailers, by what they're showing, just how he is, I think it's... What I, the reviews are saying, like, I'm, I'm super stoked for it. I really am. I can't wait. Next, no, not next, two weeks? Yeah, July two weeks? 7th. So, so. not... This Friday, but the following Friday. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. I might have to go see that Friday night. It's be exciting. I thought I was going to see it Thursday night. Oh, yeah. I'm not seeing it on the internet. No. I was thinking about buying my tickets. I still can't Wonder Woman like that. I'm thinking about buying my tickets in advance and going Thursday night. Seeing it in a recliner? Yep. Yes, sir. You should go. It's, it'll change your movie viewing experience. Think so? I think so. Because you get the comfort of being at home in a comfortable chair that you can... Put your feet up. There's enough space between you and the person next to you where you're not on top of each other. You, you got enough foot room. Like, you can be reclined and people can still walk past you. They're not tripping over you and shit. It's, it's, it's a better way to watch movies, man. I might have to do it. It's a, and it's the same price as a normal movie theater. Is it really? Yeah. It's not more? No. I want to go to the one that serves beer. They serve beer there. Do they fucking really? Yeah, they have a bar in the lobby. Do they have a bar of alcohol? Uh, no, it's just beer. But, like, they have a... I don't know. Well, actually, I don't know if they have a hard alcohol. But I've, I've only seen people drinking beer. So I... They might. It's but, probably only beer. But... but I mean, it's not a bad you can buy a beer. You buy a beer. They have a little bar where the concession stands are. You buy a beer there and you take it in your movie. It's fucking cool. So... Yeah. I want to go to the ones that actually serve, like, food. Like That's what I was about Sc- to say. It'd be great Scott to have a steak dinner. Yeah. The Cine Ones so in Scottsdale, like whatever the fuck there. Prime rib dinner with a big potato and <laughs> shit, and a, and a beer. And you're watching <laughs> yeah. Spider Man. A forty-five dollar prime rib dinner to watch a ten dollar movie. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, but Sony is also has plans. I don't know if you saw this for um, their next spinoff movies after, um, after Venom and Silver and Black, which is Silver Sable and Black Cat. Is uh, Craven the Hunter and Mysterio standalone movies? I think they're just doing it as rumors to sell it. I don't know why they're trying to make all of these villains like the leaders of their own movie. Is it gonna? Is it gonna like essentially make you feel sorry for them when they're getting their shit pushed in? Right. I mean, I don't. I think they're doing it. I think they're trying to. I think they're trying to be different. They're trying to. To hone in on the uh, on the comic book movie thing, but they're trying a different angle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I just I don't know how they're gonna do these movies because a lot of these movies, Spider Man. I, I mean, I guess you could do their origin story and everything like that, but Spider Man plays an integral part uh-huh. in all of the in everything we know. So they're all essentially gonna be making a lot up from scratch, probably, and that's that's usually where you get into trouble. 
when you make shit up from scratch and it just doesn't it doesn't make sense and it doesn't well, work. Well, because it's not what you're you're used, used to. to, right? But again, they're not trying to sell the movies to us, the comic book fans. They're trying to sell the movie to the general masses. So it's just us that are like, "There, it's wrong. That's not <laughs> right. Fuck this." And I'm guilty of it. I do it all the fuck time. Right. I do it with every comic book movie. That's not right. That's wrong. Why the fuck is Adam Warlock coming in now? It should have been Adam Warlock instead of Vision. But what do I know? Nothing. We don't know shit. My name's Nothing. not James Gunn. I don't work at Marvel. He fucking figured something out. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, because that's what you get away with when you take a relatively unknown team and... And do something with him. Shoot him into superstardom. Yeah. <laughs> but make him the highest fucking one of the highest grossing franchises. You in think if they would have waited later Marvel in, history. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if they would have waited later to do Guardians of the Galaxy, that people wouldn't have reacted the same way? No. I just think it's the way the movie was done. The soundtrack drives that movie a lot. It's not necessarily like a lot of people go to it just for the soundtrack, and I think the soundtrack the soundtrack is a character in that movie in its own right. Yeah. So I think that that, that does a lot to move the plot. And it seems like that's created a theme because, you know, they did it in Suicide Squad. Yeah. They're doing it in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Like they're, and I think it's kind of cool that they're doing it. And I think the wit, the humor was, was good. They got, a, they, got the good, they got the best cast they could to play that and get in that yeah. movie. Especially with Dave Bautista as um, Drax. He was so funny. Yeah. In the second one. So funny in the second one. But I just think that they, they got a good cast for it. It's got good writing. It uh it's it stands on its own two feet. And I yeah. think I don't think it matters. I think if you take the exact same movie and put it anywhere in the release in the Marvel timeline, I still think it's a huge massive success. Even the second one, which I didn't I liked but I didn't feel as strong as the first. Yeah. Well I mean like the first one you didn't have a I see it as you don't have a lot of pressure. The second one, he had there was pressure to write that movie. Well, yeah, he had no pressure. Nobody knew it. He could do whatever he wanted. And like, yeah, like you said, the second one, it was all he's got all his expectation now. Yeah, like, he, he had time frames. He had, you yeah. know what I mean? Like there was, he had a lot going for it. So. Yeah, it's hard. I think he did good though. But all right, that's it for the news this week. That's it. That's it. A lot of news. A lot of stuff to get you guys caught up on. Um. So yeah, you ready? Right, see you guys later. Yeah, That's it's it. time for everyone's favorite part of the show. Almost. Almost. Sorry. Not everyone's. Oh, that's right. There's not everybody likes comic book reviews, guys. Not everybody does. Some people just, you know, they just do it for the fans. Ah! They just gotta do it for the fans. I do it because. We do it because it's fun. I do it because it's fun. But uh, you gotta do it for the fans. Makes me read comics. Some people don't. Some people don't like to listen to comic book reviews. They're, you don't want to be like everyone else, people. You know, you don't want to be like, you know, everyone else who reviews comics because everybody does it now. We we're just copying everybody. We we weren't one of the originators of that. You know, <laughs> we didn't start this two years ago doing comic book reviews. We, that wasn't us. We just copied everyone else. You know, what what are you gonna do? But you don't want to be like everyone else and review comics, right? I I like reviewing the comics that I read. Yeah. I like doing it. If you guys want to uh, check out a show that doesn't review comics, check it no, out. No. I'm not going to plug his show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways. Let's start doing comic Let's reviews. do some fucking comic reviews. Who wants to start this week? You want me to start this week? You want to start? 
Yeah, why don't you go ahead and start? I usually always start. All right. I'm going to start this week <laughs> with the weirdest fucking <laughs> book. <laughs> I knew you were going to start with that one. So if you remember a while ago, we we did a we even did a, a comic book theater on it. But Kyle reviewed a book called uh, Grizzly Shark. Yep. Well, this book reminds me a lot of Grizzly Shark, but the book I'm reviewing today is called Shirtless Bear Fighter. <laughs> so essentially, what it is is it starts off in a in um, you're in a city, and this dude is driving down the road. He's a um, He's a dog catcher for Puppy Prison. Puppy Prison. And he's singing a song. So he starts out with his own theme song. Born in a hospital in Jersey. Greatest state in the land of the free. Raised in the city so he knows every street. Caught him with a a barn when he was 33. Davy Davy, king of the urban frontier. And people are like running away as this fat dude is waddling in. And there's a giant (laughs) grizzly bear in the middle of the the, the town. So then it cuts to the forest, and this guy and this girl are talking, and they're about to start getting busy. I mean, it, it kind of looks like, uh, what's his name's art? Who? The dude with the grizzly shark. Oh, uh, um, you Ryan Otley? Yeah, it kind of looks like his art. Kind of, but, like, he's, but he didn't do anything with it. No. Um, these, this guy and this girl are getting ready to, to fuck in the woods, and he's like, let's show the animals how man does it. <laughs> And then you hear Russell, Russell snap, and she's like, what was that? And a giant grizzly bear comes out of the woods and attacks her and, and like, starts to kill her or trying to kill her. And she's screaming, Tom, help me. And the guy's, like, trying to pull her away. And out of the woods comes a dude with a big old root, right. like, an unnecessarily big root <laughs> and, like, a, a, drew, a jufro for a bush. Big Ben Affleck yeah. fucking fucking turn red. So that's a way to start a comic is three pages in and you got this big muscular dude walking out of the woods with a giant fucking root that's all blurred out. The fucking schlonginator. So he walks her to the grizzly bear and the grizzly bear rollers in his face and then shirtless bear fighter just punches him out. <laughs> and they start they start fighting in the woods going back and forth. He's like body slamming them and stuff and he just punches them to death and he finally kills them. And um, he just throws the bear over his shoulder and walks off and as he's walking back to his house which is a house made out of bear fur it's all these bear carcasses sewn together <laughs> um he gets attacked by the fbi and well, yeah, he swings into action like he's not born against the fbi and the fbi guy knows who he is so they're trying to recruit or recruit. <laughs> well, you got you got a slong on your yeah, mind. They're trying to recruit him to come to the city to take care of the bear problem, and they're telling him about how like he these bears are running amok in the city, and he was like, uh, "Name your price," and he's like, "I don't want money," and he goes inside. He and scoffs at money. Yeah, and he's making these flapjacks, and then the girl's like, "Are you really gonna sit here?" And just eat pancakes shirtless when the city's in trouble. And he gets pissed off. And he's like, they're flapjacks. <laughs> they're flapjacks. And he's, he, they try to bribe him with cartons full of f- warm flapjacks and fresh maple syrup <laughs> to come to fight this bear. What the fuck? Yeah. So he tur- he's like flipping them through like they're money, like to make sure that they're fresh. <laughs> and he ends up telling them no. And they take off to go back to the city. And then it starts, like, the, the woman FBI agent is, is questioning, like, if this guy's never, because the, the director's like, he's never left the woods. Nobody knows about him. 
And she's like, well, if he's never left the woods, how the hell do you know him? And how the hell does he know you? And she goes and he goes into the story. She's like, there's only been ever one picture of him. And it's him walking naked through the woods. Like he's Bigfoot. <laughs> and, um, she's like, how does, how do you know him? And so he starts to tell the story about how he was found in the woods by two bears that couldn't have a cub. So they adopted him. But the baby has a full-grown beard and a giant root already as an infant. And he starts, like, juggling bears. So he and, grew into his root. Yeah. And then uh, even as a small child, he's, like, juggling bears, and he's got super strength, and he's ripped. And his, his, uh, he's got an adopted brother named Brother Bear who's, got, who's a fucking got an eye patch and everything. Well, he beats the shit out of um, Brother Bear one day. Like, all these people start trying to tear down the forest, so he helps the bears run off the people. And then um, one day, one of the bears went rogue and attacked a, a little girl or a woman in the in the woods. So a shirtless bear fighter then said, I'm, I'm going to kill all bears and took an oath to, to fight all the bears. <laughs> so they're going back to the city, and there's two bears attacking the town. And he's and the dude flying the plane's like, sir, we got a, we got a bogey coming in fast. He's like... Well, I'll be a... That's no bogey agent. It's the bear plane. He's got a, a plane that's covered in bear, <laughs> bear fur. <laughs> and he's flying in, and he comes into the city, and he fl- jumps out of the plane and, like, punches his bear in the fucking face as he's coming down. And he starts taking on these two bears, and they start, like, beating him up. And then it cuts to, like, he's in... Brother Bear is in the office with the, the dude from the construction company that was trying to tear down the forest. And they're they're cheersing, so they're plotting against everyone. And it's just got the weirdest thing. Like they've got uh, a billboard in here that's called "Fuzzy Wipes." Don't rub your ass on a tree like a dumb bear. <laughs> it's got <kinda> an ad. <laughs> yeah, and like they got weird, they got weird shit like that. Like all like strung all throughout this book, man. It's it's one probably the weirdest book I've read in a Are long you gonna get ass issue time. Two? I'm gonna check out issue two. I'm gonna keep going. Um, this but might be your paper girls. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a little. Oh fuck, I think it's a little too weird to be my paper girls. <laughs> but it it's just it really is like the weirdest. It's just the weirdest book. Like, just the fact that there's an ad that said "Don't rub your ass on a tree like a dumb bear." Is that what the back ad is for in it? Yeah, that's what the billboard looks like. Yeah. It's just a bear rubbing his ass on some toilet paper. <laughs> so the next issue is called "Enter Hillbilly Warlock." Oh fuck! So it's a it's a very weird book. I mean, I when I would, I was talking to Lance about it today, and I was sending him pictures. Sent him the same picture I did to you, to you, like the giant root on the baby, uh, and he was like, "Oh shit, shirtless bear fighter came out yesterday." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I gotta go get it." So <laughs> shirtless bear fighter. Came so that out. I I would on weird factor alone, I give it a seven point five. It, as far as overall story goes, it's like. Uh, maybe a 6.5 but i give it a 7.5 on weird factor alone just it's a different it's a weird unique funny book i mean i wasn't expecting to see giant blurred out man root with a <laughs> giant fucking bush that looks like a full head of hair within the first three pages Disco Inferno. yeah i wasn't expecting that the first three pages it's like 1970s porn bush <laughs> that's, that's funny all right i guess i'll do weapons of mute destruction number one this book has Jose written all over it. I guarantee you about this book. Isn't that the spinoff of Weapon X? What they were uh-huh. trying to do the, Weapon X? Yeah, when they made a team with Domino and everybody. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's what this is. I think, yeah. 
So they're trying to make a weapon, uh, like indestructible Hulk. I almost stopped reading this book the second page in. Really? I but I I pushed through because it starts out. The delivery guy shows up to uh, this this facility about thirty miles outside of Odessa, and it's a, it starts out with the pizza guy shows up, and they go back and forth about letting him in. So what it is is the pizza comes in. The first set of security guards takes it to the next set of security guards. Those security guards take it to another security guard down a little bit lower, and the next set of security guards is a little bit more of a dick. So that security guard takes it to a set of scientists and then takes it to another security guard that's even a little bit more of a dick. And then that security guard takes it, and this is about where I fucking bailed. And then the security guard takes it to another security guard that's a little bit more of a dick. And then they finally get it to the scientist that's, that wanted the pizza, which it rolls back around at the end, and you see this arm with all this rods in it, mm-hmm. with the fucking Wolverine claw sticking out of it. Yeah. Okay. And it's going, rawr. And then it kind of switches back, it pulls back, and it's, um, they're back in New York City at the Xavier Institute, and Kitty Pride is looking at her pair computer, and uh, I think they stole that from my Carly. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> But Please tell me that you didn't watch iCarly. Please just say it was your kids. It was my kids. Okay. Are you lying? It was on. I watched <laughs> them all. And uh, Kitty Pryde gets information about these undetectable uh, robot assassins that are out to kill mutants. And so she's talking. Kyle talk- just admitted he watches iCarly. <laughs> watched. <laughs> uh, and then she's telling Old Man Logan. And then uh, as he's meeting up with... Uh, Lady Deathstrike and Sabretooth and they're like in training they're training to try to fight these guys so he walks in as he's talking to Kitty Pride, and he fucking uh, he starts slashing at both of them and they're like what the fuck he's like never be down on your guard you know that kind of shit like it was a surprise thing you guys and then uh, it introduces Warpath and then it introduces Domino they're all kind of fighting you know what I mean they're, they're training to fight these Robots, and then they're like, it's all of them together, and they're kind of like, I don't want to be with the other dude. Where the other dude is, uh, Sabretooth, Amadeus Chow. Oh, okay. And if they're in his lab, uh, at his facility, like on his plane or in his, like in his lab, and they kind of don't want him on the team because he's not, you know what I mean? It's it's Domino and Warpath, and Sabretooth, and you know what I mean? It's they're he's not a mutant assassin yeah type killer person mm-hmm. you know what I mean so they're kind of unsure and what they figured out is he's gonna recreate the formula that's creating like these hulks I think it's like putting like the skin over the that makes them undetectable okay see like you could see it like he's got like this um Hulk's got like this huge container thing and he like sets it down uh-huh. And it's got this fluid in it, and it's got this dude in it, and what it's done is that fluid has, like, returned his face so they can actually see who it is, so that I can actually run, like, analysis to see uh-huh. who it is. And they tell you who it is later, and we'll get to it. And so now they're, they figured out that it's, uh, 
David Jefferson Andrews. Uh, you know, he lives with his mom, blah, blah, blah. And they keep going back and forth. So they're, what they're going to do is Hulk is like, I can recreate this, but I want. they want to do it like the black market way. They want to buy the chemicals and everything, like how like more like villains would. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that's the reason why he... But I think it's to go to these places that were making like the secondary stuff. It's like that's like not as good as the lab that I was just telling you about. You know? Yeah. So they're going to get these raw materials so that they could they could do it. So they kind of split up. And uh, Sabretooth, um, they're like, well, <laughs> so it's like he goes, Warpath, Domino, Sabretooth, we're all going to Oklahoma. Amadeus and Lady D, you're hunting down Dave's family. Everyone shut up. We're, go, we're leaving in 30. And, and uh, Lady D's like, why am I going with him? And he says, because Sabretooth wants to eat him. <laughs> Amadeus. <laughs> so Sabretooth can't be left alone with him. And uh, so what he's doing is he's kind of, and he's telling everybody kind of what way they want to hear. Like, And then he comes up and he goes, hey, uh, Amadeus comes up and goes, hey, yo, yo, Logan. Uh, why are you putting me with the creepy super villainess? Says, because I need someone to keep her from going too far. Says, and I got to keep my eye on Sabretooth because, you know, he wants to eat him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Warpath's like, cute. He's like, I'm just trying to keep the wheels on the bus moving. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just kind of telling everybody what it is. So, and then it switches over to, they go to Oklahoma and they're like, uh, Donald's like, I'm not picking up any, you know, signals. And Sabretooth's like, there's no one in there. All there is is five cats. I can only spell five cats. That's the only thing that's in there. So they're like, perfect. We'll just go in there and get what we need. But those cats are actually vicious robots. Oh, no. <laughs> and they have to fight off and fend off the uh, from the vicious cats. <laughs> so they go, they go through and they fight them. And uh, one of the cats starts to follow them. So they didn't kind of kill all of them. This book sounds like you should have stopped at page two. I, I'm telling you. So then it's 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 Lady D, and they're they're going to this house, and he's like, I got. What happens? They figure out who we are. He's like, I got this. I put this stuff on us. So they don't. He's got like this spray that they can't tell who you are, and he sprays the lady when she answers the door. And she goes in, and they're in this bedroom, and they're looking around. And they got the lady's phone. And it's like the family arguing over pot. You got my weed? No, I don't got your weed. Stop lying, B. And then it, it's like, I don't know. And then it's just kind of where I lost interest in it. <laughs> and then it, it kind of, then it kind of switches back to it's now Stryker's in the picture. And Stryker is, is talking and he's telling us that the devil stole my son. He put a mutant in his place, but now by the grace of God, I have a new son, and it's this other dude, and it, it looks like the it looks like the dude that was in the uh, thing with Hulk when they got the face back, and that's who it uh-huh. looks like. It looks like I don't know if I really showed you the picture of the dude, but it kind of looks like him. Yeah, and uh, so they're kind of talking, and they're like, he's and like he's in this weird like temple looking thing. And they're, they're going back and forth, and they're kind of talking, and what ends up where they're actually at 
is they're back they're back in the original laboratory from the beginning in Odessa and it's the the chick that wanted uh, pizza pizza in the beginning and they and it, it switches over and it's fucking all and they throw they take that dude he said oh we're selling all that you know and they threw him in the bat of that uh, this this green fluid and if you look there's all of these uh, they have all these creatures made mm-hmm. and it's fucking and then that's kind of where it stops and it looks like to be continued in totally awesome Hulk 20 so I gave it a try it seems like something Jose would be very excited about. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because he's, yeah. he's he's more into the mutant thing, right? Like he's very into this. But it, it's good. The part if anybody's interested, if I made it sound like he actually wanted to hear it, which I'm pretty sure I didn't. Not really. I made it sound very it's lame. Very boring. It's yeah. very boring. But part one is weapons of mutant destruction. Alpha one. That's part one. That's the one I just read. You guys. Part two will be totally awesome. Hawk twenty. Part three will be Weapon X5, which I think is what you're going to get. The cover has, like, a Hulk Wolverine-looking yeah. dude on the front. So I think in... So it's looking like in uh, Weapon X5 is actually where you're going to see The Hulk Logan, whatever. Yeah, and then you got Totally Awesome Hulk 21, Weapon X Part 6, and then Totally Awesome Hulk 22. Mm. Those will be the six parts of uh, the killer crossover. I thought I was hoping it was going to be good. Like, cause I've actually been like, I read on a forum somewhere, like somebody was kind of hyping up a little bit. Like it kind of made me excited about this book. Maybe I missed the point of it. I don't know what the point could have been. been. It just seemed like, I think it's just, I think this was just the issue that, that gets whatever this six issue crossover is. Yeah. I think it kind of, well, like, the weapon, the one I was reading before where they were assembling the team kind of got it rolling because, mm-hmm. you know, they were already fighting the robots and they were already, you know what I mean? It was already going on. Yeah. So it almost seemed like this should have been out before them already fighting them. But I guess this kind of tied in because they're training and shit and they're already together. Yeah. So. But it just, it seemed like it was a slow burn. Like, you would think for a number one it would be, like, a good kickoff and actually get you excited for what's to come and it just doesn't it didn't pop out and grab me like i was like sure i gotta go read this yeah and and maybe i didn't do a good job of describing it but it 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 was hard for me to concentrate on it yeah and that's where i kind of found myself with with this issue i just i i don't know you crucify me whatever you want but i don't think amadeus cho is a very interesting hulk so i never really got into him as the totally awesome hulk so i just every time i hear him i'm like whatever I don't. I lost interest. And I'm still stuck, except for the few actually good Marvels that I read. To me, I think this just meshes in with the rest of Marvel. Yeah, it's kind of where I got it, and you know, and maybe it's because I'm not a super big Marvel buff like most people are, because it seems like most comic book people you talk to are the huge Marvel buffs. It's, mm-hmm. it's Marvel, 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 Marvel. You know what I mean? And well, for the longest time they were the big boy on the block, and now what? With rebirth, they're not—they're not hanging on, hanging on as tightly as they once were. Yeah. So I gave this issue a six-five. I'm going to—I think I'm going to commit myself to it though, and I'm going to—I think I'm going to try to make it through the entire six-issue crossover. That's going to be my goal. So you're going to try and buy a totally awesome Hulk. I'm going to try and buy a totally awesome. Hulk. <laughs> if I can remember when this comes out next month, then I'm totally into it. But if. As it is right now, I 
I, I can see myself forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm trying to remind myself to because I want to see where it goes. Where it goes. All right. My next book, Iceman number two. Iceman number two. Written by a friend of the show, Cena Grace. We need to get him on. I still really enjoy, really, really enjoy this book. Um, this issue saw a team up between um, Kitty Pride and Bobby Iceman, where they are going to check out the discovery of this new mutant. And this new mutant has the ability to enhance mutant powers and cause them to go haywire. And one of the things I love about this book is he's he's doing a good job of when when Brian Michael Bendis decided to make Iceman gay he kind of open-ended it where you have the young Iceman that's time displaced in our time and then you have the current older Iceman so I really like the way Cena is is taking these characters and in this book he's he's showing the difference of the two Mm -hmm. so like young Bobby the time displaced Bobby is totally okay with his sexuality. Like he's openly gay. He's dating a supermodel. Like he's cool with it. And as you see throughout this older Bobby Drake is still struggling with his, his sexuality. He hasn't told anybody that he's gay. He hasn't told his parents. And he used to date Kitty pride before she started dating mm-hmm. star Lord. So she's back from space and he didn't know. So they're on this, they're on this trip together um, to go find this mutant and all of a sudden like the blackbird starts crashing and she, she starts like phasing for no reason and uh, I like he he puts a lot of cringe in this so he keeps it very modern and he puts some dad jokes in here so like Iceman jumps out of the plane to try and like smooth the crashing of the blackbird and he's like here we go he's like dear West Covina ice to meet you and as he's starting ice to ice to meet yeah, you. he's like I deserve to de- he's like I deserve to die for that one <laughs> so like he catches his stupid puns and his dad jokes and stuff but like they're on this mission and they're they're saving this kid from all the like townspeople trying to attack him because they keep like destroying all the technology and destroying everything around so he's causing like kitty kitty and iceman's powers to kind of go haywire so they're they're trying to save him and they get some distance between them and his attackers and kitty pride kind of just confronts bobby and snaps on him and she's like you know um she's like for a guy who's made a hot for ice you really know how to make every situation a hot mess uh and then it was like she's not talking to me bro and bobby's like me he's the one making everything hot wire and Kitty's like you you went and made that call and did the ice wall instead of waiting for me and he's like, this isn't, he's like, what are, what's really going on? What are you really talking about, Kitty? Um, and she, she's like, flips out on him. She's like, I had to find out from my ex, I had to find out my ex-boyfriend is gay from Gold Balls, Bobby. When did you think uh, you would discuss it? Never. And like she, and it's really cool because she wanted to just be there for him. She was like, oh. I would have been there for you. You could have talked to me. Like, I could have helped you through all this. And she's upset that he didn't come to her with that. So it's, it's very, I like the, the dynamic of, of how he's trying to address, like, the difference between the two characters, where the younger one is out there, he's okay with it, it's not his time, he doesn't care, you know, he's open with who he is, and the older Bobby is still kind of struggling with it, because in the Brian Michael Bendis run, the young Bobby was like, oh, I'm gay, blah, 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 yay, and, you know, he was out and knew it, and older Bobby didn't know it, he had inklings, but he wasn't fully out, so... You can tell that older Bobby is still struggling with it. So I really like that writing where Cena's handling that and the way that he, you know, he's dealing with the, the one side of 
being gay and out and and proud, and then the one where it's kind of still in the shadows, hiding it, kind of. I don't know, maybe if you're sh- if he's necessarily ashamed of it, but he's still hiding it. Hasn't told his he's family. Not, he's not right, he's not open about it. So I mean, this book. I really like the dynamic between Kitty and Bobby in this. The art is awesome. Um, he ends up knocking out the kid, so that way he qu- quits fucking with their powers, so they can get out of there. Um, but they end up escaping everything and, and back at the X mansion he's a you know he's a teacher and he's she's like maybe it's time um, you let everyone in and start talking to people about your situation and you'll figure some stuff out she's like maybe start with your parents and it ends with Bobby calling his mom and asking if she wants to invite her baby boy over for dinner but um it's a fun read it's it's really cool what he's doing with this character I mean he's taking a character that really was he's always been kind of a part of the X-Men and he's kind of really establishing him with his own identity I really like what he's going with what he's, where he's doing with the book so are you glad now that that, that scene is making it because I know before when they when Bendis first made him gay you were not you, you thought it would have been a better idea to make a superhero in its own right as a gay character so now reading Cena's run with your opinion before what do you think your opinion now of, of Iceman being gay because before you know like I said you you didn't think it was a very good idea it's the same I think that and it, I'm always going to be a firm believer that you shouldn't change a character to fit a, a situation so you shouldn't change a character to fit a mold or someone's expectations if they wanted a gay X-Men, they should have created one. But it they should have sound like uh, by the way you're describing these, it doesn't sound like Cena is taking it to you know, as as a mold. Like he's he actually sounds no. like he's he's taking it out of a mold yeah. and actually putting it in so its the, own direction. And, and I was about to get there. So it's so with like I said, you could you can give the LBGTQ community their own character, you could build him from the ground up, give him his own powers, his own backstory, everything that fits that. And I, I believe that they should have done that. But Brian Michael Bendis, when he decided to make Iceman gay, it was kind of like, oh, well, young Bobby's gay. He gets outed by by Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. And now he's just gay. And they didn't touch on it again for a long time. And now Cena is taken kind of like, I guess the best way to describe it is Brian Michael Bendis shot it out of the cannon and threw it and hit the wall. Okay, so he... He took the slice of pizza and threw it against the wall and it stuck there. And Cena has kind of come along and scraped the pizza off the wall and he's kind of like putting it back together and trying to make something of it. Or maybe the better analogy would be Michael Bendis threw the dough against the ceiling and Cena kind of scraped it off and turned it into a pizza. Yeah. So he's taken the idea that Brian Michael Bendis came up with just the, the shotgun, very basic information and he's kind of spreading it out and, and flushing it out and, right, and making right, he's it he's kind of rolling it right out. and he's kind of making it his own so i think he's doing a fantastic job giving bobby a backstory that wasn't given to him by brian michael bendis brian michael bendis is just kind of like you're gay he's gay it, you know this is the first time we're mentioning it that's it and Cena's kind of taken that and run with it and given it, like you said, his own story, his own kind of like an identity twist. Right. He's given it his own identity. And I think that's why you're seeing you're seeing the age difference. Because, you know, young young Bobby's there, he's very out. His his you know, his family's not there. He doesn't care. 
he's got no friends. He's very out in the open, can be whoever he wants to be because it's that time. It's it's that generation. He's he's fitting into the younger generation where people are coming out easily and it's mm. more acceptable to where Bobby is still kind of older. Bobby's still kind of old school and he's still kind of struggling with it and it doesn't want to tell anybody and doesn't want to tell his parents because of the disappointment and he's afraid of the disappointment and everything like that. Like he's, you're seeing the two aspects of, I guess, I, but I'm not part of the community. I'm not gay and I don't want to speak for that community, but it feels like they're trying to take both aspects of, where younger Iceman more represents the new LGBTQ community mm-hmm. and the older Iceman is still kind of in that old mindset. mindset. Yeah. yeah. So he's trying to struggle to get out of that, that mindset of I'm gay and where younger Bobby is kind of like, I'm gay, I'm free, I'm loud and I'm proud. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of interesting the way he, he's going back and forth and, and leveling out those two different time period. I would love to be able to get Cena on to actually ask him that. Yeah, like, well, we a, can set that up. That'd be a great question. I mean, that'd be a that'd be a great question to ask him for him to break it down for yeah. us because I, I you know, like I think I think it'd be awesome to explain this is what we this is what we're getting from what you're writing. How yeah. close or far away are we? Let's see. Um when does issue what I will do is I'm issue sure it comes out in a month. Issue three comes out next month. So when issue three comes out, I will I will send Cena a text and talk to him. You and set it up now and see if we can yeah, get see if we can get him on before uh, when issue three comes out. Sounds good. So that way, when we review issue three, I can we can talk to him and I can kind of go over all three issues with him. And but very cool. It, it's very it's a very good read. It's a very fun read. Um, if you've ever met Cena. You know, he's got this really cool, like, laid-back, very personable personality, and he very, it really shines through in this book. So I really like the way he's writing it. I really like the direction it's going. Um, I like the dad jokes. I like the the dynamic he and Kitty Pride had in this book, mm-hmm. and I like Kitty Pride confronting him, saying, why did I have to find out about this from Gold Balls? Like, I would have been there for you. I would have I supported you, but I had to find out that my ex-boyfriend was gay, from gold balls so i i give this book a uh eight five wow yeah cool. i really like it and i really like the art in it but i will do that i will i will talk to cena and see i just think it would be cool to i've see mentioned it, like, to him before i was like hey we want to get you on the show for an interview and he's like absolutely anytime you want and i just i don't and then like he'll get busy so he gets periods where he doesn't answer texts so i think if i message him now and be like hey when when issue three comes out we want to interview on the show do an over-the-phone interview just real quick. I think he'll do it. Yeah. So I'll have to text him and find out when issue three comes out and get him on the show. All right, I'm going to do plastic. Because he asked he, he asked me last night. I, I messaged him at like 10 o'clock and told him, hey, I really loved issue two, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, thanks, Matt. And he, he missed me back at like midnight. He's like, thanks, Matt. And he was like, um, I'm going to see you. And he's like, are you getting excited for, for Comic-Con? I was like, well, we didn't score tickets for San Diego. He's like, oh, no. And I was like, I know, right? He's like, well, don't worry. He's like, I'm trying to come there to do a signing. So I don't know if we should get him on the show or we should do an interview when he comes into town for a signing. Both. So, okay, both. (laughs) I'll try both. It would be great to hit him now and talk to him. And then it would be great to, if if he comes four issues later or five issues later, 
the development of it afterwards right. and now having a whole different aspect now we've we've seen you know like it'd be cool like if he came like after the first arc of Iceman is done and like so we can like we can do like okay now we're from issue three to issue you know whenever like what you know this is how it's changed and developed over this arc uh-huh so all I will, right, I'm, I'm gonna I will do, actually text him right now I'm gonna do plastic number three <laughs> this is such a cool book I, I, I get a, fu- a hell of a kick out of this book. So w- if you remember the last issue of this book was the fucking sheriff went to the uh, donut shop that, that the murderer dude, uh, Edwin, had gone to mm-hmm. right before him. And remember, he was making advances toward her and she didn't like his advances. And then he got the sheriff got pissed because uh, Edwin had taken all of the forks, the plastic forks. Mm-hmm. And... It showed Edwin getting into the trunk of the police car at the end of the issue. Right. So now this one picks up where they're he's driving and he's that sheriff is pissed about that the chick had kind of rejected him and she's like he's like that fucking whore that selfish bitch has made tease has been teasing me for months pretending she doesn't want that dick. She may have fooled Whoa, the rest of it us. It actually says that she doesn't want that dick. The dick, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. it says it says that selfish bitch has been teasing me for months, pretending like she don't want the dick. Okay. That's what he says. She may have fooled the rest of this town, but deep down, I know she wants a good pounding. Yeah, no doubt. That cut likes it rough. He says, Well, what do you know? And he pulls up and there's a you ask and he shall receive, so there's some girl that's lost in the forest standing on the roadside and she's like oh great a sheriff I'm so glad you came along I'm lost and it's getting dark and it's starting to get creeped out and he's like uh hey I didn't think I'd be stuck out this late it was getting a little she said it's getting a little spooky out here and the, and the sheriff says well when you hang a tasty wreck like that out no way this guy's gonna pass it up and she's like yeah okay He's like hungry. You want a donut? They're hot and fresh. And she's like, sure. I haven't eaten, you know, since this morning. And he says, but that's not the only thing you'd like to stuff in your mouth. Ugh. And the chick's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna get out now. I'm <laughs> just gonna go ahead and go. And he fucking punches her and he knocks her out. And uh, and she wakes up to him ripping her clothes off. And he's and she's like, she's like, don't don't. You're a cop. And he's like. Yeah, I bet you wanted that now, that donut now, huh, bitch? <laughs> and he's, she's like, please don't do this. And he rips her shirt off, and he's, he's like, uh, so you're hitching down a dark road all by your lonesome dress like that? You had this thing coming to you. And he's like, what the? And he sees Edwin's handprints and that little, you know, he had put a little figurine on uh, the window uh-huh. at the donut shop, and he put another one, and he's seen it again. And the shirt's like, what the? And so Edward says, you licked Virginia, you know, his blow up doll. And he, uh-huh. and he puts the fucking uh, plastic, a plastic bag over his face, suffocates him and stabs him in the mouth with a fucking fork. Jesus. And then the blood goes all over the chick. And she's like, oh, what the, you know, like kind of freaking out. And, uh, and then he gets up and he's like, he cuts, he cuts his tongue out and throws it on the ground. And, and then he's like, he's on his laptop, look at, you know, and then she, he looks over at her and he's like, oh, oh yeah, here. And he like undoes, you know, like 
takes off her restraints because she was like zip tied. Like, uh-huh. She was like handcuffed or zip tied. And he's like, uh, so she's like, what are we looking for? Because you know he was on the computer like trying to Google something. Uh-huh. And uh, and then it switches over to the dude that wanted him to kill the people and who took his his blow up doll in the beginning. He's talking and he's like, he's killing these people and the dude they're not killing him. Mm-hmm. Edwin and he's killing everybody they're like they know that he's coming back for them because you know he, he's getting revenge for them uh-huh. fucking with his blow up doll so they're like so he's talking to his son and they're kind of bantering back and forth and he's like did you hear what I said he said what I'm saying is like he's gonna be back you know and he's like and he's like you better come take a look at this and he, they come up to the window and fucking the cop car is there with the co- the sheriff's head on top of the cop car, and in blood it, and uh, donut, it says "Return Virginia, please." <laughs> in the front, and it, on the bag he had written "liquor," L I C K E R across uh-huh. his forehead, and on the bag. So now they're tripping out. They're like, "We need to fucking figure out who the fuck this person is, and we need to nip it in the bud, and we need to fucking figure this shit out." Yeah, and they kind of like. And now he's still rolling with the first dead cop that got shot in the head and that chick. And the chick's like, um, you know, he's like showing her. He's like, I'm looking for Virginia. And she's like, oh, she's beautiful. He's like, oh, and he's explaining it changed her life. She met her on the Internet, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, and she asks about the cop. He's like, is that somebody else that hurt Virginia? And he's like, no. This poor fella just got caught up in the middle of this and she, like, starts to freak out because that's kind of what happened to her. Yeah. You know, he's just like you and she's like, she's like, excuse me? And he's like, oh, no, helping me get Virginia back. Uh-huh. So he's actually, he's kind of acting like he's still alive. That's why he's still in the front seat. He's the co-pilot. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think she's figuring out that he's fucking... Fucked up in the head. fucking crazy. But she's like, yeah, I'll help you. I'll totally help you find her. And he's like... He had stopped by this place, and he's like, well, you can stay here if you want. You know, me and Virginia did something on the... Ma- Never mind. Yeah. But you can stay here. And she's like, no, no, I want to help you find it. And he's like, it's going to be kind of dangerous. And, you know, and she's kind of okay with it. And then the dude walks into the sheriff's office, and he throws the fucking head on the on the table. What the fuck do I pay all you people for? You know, I fucking... I give you and your families tons of money, and, you know, this is the fucking kind of shit that's happening. And... He's like, figure out who the fuck this dude is, and he hands him a picture, and they don't know. He has no like, he's like no digital fingerprint, and uh-huh. no nothing comes up when they run him, and so now they're trying to fucking, so they're like, great, you know, we're trying to, there, there's nowhere to go to try to figure out this guy, to guy get is. leverage on him, to to figure out to find him or mm-hmm. you know to do whatever. So then it ends up with, uh, and it ends with, you know, he he introduces himself to her as Edwin. Hey, I'm Gwen. So now what? And they're like, you know, we're going to go to sleep. And, and he's like, yeah, my mom will keep watch out. And she's like looking around like, my mom, your mom, where's your mom? Oh, she rises and falls with the sun. We'll be okay. And she's like looking around and that's where it ends. Okay. So they're going to take a nap before anything happens. <laughs> but it's, I, I think this book's fucking cool as shit. It's a fucking trip. Yeah, it's it's, it's a little weird. Yeah. I, def- I meant to pick it up and I forgot about it. Um, this was kind of a cool issue. I gave it a 7.5. Ooh. Good issue. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Do you have one that's different than me? Nope. 
Okay, I will do Nightwing real quick, and then we can... Uh, Nightwing. <laughs> Nightwing 23. Is this book as boring as it was last week? No. Kind of. Um, Is that Solomon Grundy on the cover? It's his uh, brother. What? Solomon Grundy has a brother? No, I don't think it's him. <laughs> it looks like him from a distance, from when I, when I saw you pick up the book. Anyways, It looks Nightwing. like, I think this is Blockbuster. Oh, okay. That's who this is. Oh, okay. Anyways, Nightwing. So, so Nightwing, Nightwing 23. So it starts out with, uh, <laughs> right? So it starts out, it starts out where he's Robin and Batman and they're fighting Mark Desmond, the original Blockbuster. And what happened was he had... Adam West Batman? Yeah, there he R.I.P. <laughs> too soon, too soon. Too soon, too soon. But they were talking about how he was a scientist and he had made this potion to make him strong, but in the process of it making him strong, it made him stupid. And it's kind of... They're kind of giving you a little bit of a backstory on it. Oops. So now it's back to... They're talking about Mark's brother, Roland, who also takes the fucking juice. He's a fucking juicer. But they figured it out the juice where he... I thought you were going to say who is also quite stupid. Well, they've, they, they've, they've perfected the juice and they've made it so that they keep the brains. Is it orange juice, grapefruit juice, pineapple juice? They didn't really say what kind of juice it is. Oh. But he, they, he's kind of saying right here, you know. And what he, he comes to Nightwing and he says, there's some shit going on with Tiger Shark. Um, what's going on is he's bringing stuff into the port and he's got dirty cops helping him bring it into the city and I, I want to you know this is my city I grew up here this is where I live and I don't want what he's doing to bleed into the streets of Bloodhaven so here is a list of the dirty cops it's going to be me and you that's going to be able to bring this down so and then Nightwing gets like a message in his cowl and leaves and uh what? I don't know This he's touching his cowl he fucking gets a message that there's a, uh, a violence at the uh, Meadowdale Mall, unknown assailant, and he's touching his cow, so I'm assuming he's getting a message through his cow. I'm just, that's, I'm just... Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I understand I, what I you're just, saying. Okay. It's a mask, isn't it? What, is it considered a cowl? Uh, I thought Batman is yeah, a cowl because it goes it, over his entire head. Yeah, I guess it'd be a mask. But then. I understand what you're saying, but, like, that's weird, like... I got written. Yo, it's coming across. Like, 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 like he's touching his mask. Yeah. I, I call it like he's wearing Google Glass. Something, yeah. Like he's, he's got Google Glass in like, his mask. Like he's, yeah, like in his mask, he has a fucking yeah, a, a police scanner. <laughs> so he ends up, and there's this like this cyborg chick at the mall that's like terrorizing, like, and it's like the black, uh, the black market mall. So that's where it kind of like. You know, so it's like the dirt mall. It's like dirt mall for <laughs> the black market. It's where the savages don't bag and board the <laughs> yeah, comics. That's where the savages don't bag and board the comics. <laughs> and uh, so, like, Nightwing shows Three up. Three nippled fortune tellers. And and he's like, he was supposed to be going to a job interview, but he was staking it out. And, and so, like, he's actually thinking about, like, man, what is my resume? My resume consists of circus performers. Sidekick, superhero, and secret agent. He's like, I don't know what, what, how many jobs I can really get out there. You know, I mean, it's kind of what he's alluding to. He's like, 
so he's trying to fight this this robot chick and she's fucking you know she's like incoming projectile as he kicks and she ducks you know what I mean he's he punches her and he ducks she ducks you know incoming projectile knocks him into this big thing of uh boxes and he looks at a fucking uh, a forklift he's like oh maybe I can add this to my resume and he fucking drives a forklift and like fucking pierces her and and stops her and then he meets up with the detective the detective chick that that wants him out of Bloodhaven and he's like hey you know I I helped you you helped me I've got this list of dirty cops and she's like uh, he's like you come to my town you do my job for free get in my way face no consequences he's like we're not friends this doesn't make us equal this, this is a give and take. I don't owe you a damn thing. I deal with you on a one-on-one situation. So mm-hmm. she takes it and she leaves. And then Dick comes back to, you know, the facers at the, uh, back at the, you know, where she, she would counsel the, the, the villains and stuff to try to put them on a good path. Uh-huh. And she's trying to open a community center and she's not getting the funding that she wants. And then they kind of fight because he didn't actually go on the interview. And he's like, and they're kind of fighting back and forth about it. And he's like, you know, what are you talking about? Why do you care so much about this? Why do you think I need something to keep me here? Like, you know, what do you think is going to change? And she thought, like, her not being pregnant, like, like he was excited. But when she found out that she wasn't pregnant, that he was, like, relieved to the, to the, to the point of bailing. Yeah. And she, he's like, no, it's like the opposite. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, he wanted a kid, but, and he thinks having a kid would be good because he could have both sides of the fence. The kid would be like, you know, from her upbringing to being kind of a villain and his upbringing uh-huh. kind of being a superhero, you know. And then they kind of, they come to terms and they see eye to eye again and everything's nice. And, and, uh, and then he takes off and he's like, watching those cops and he's like you know he's at the bay and at the harbor you know waiting for the uh for that tip he got with the bad cops and everything and this fucking uh uh this this villain skyhook comes grabs him picks him up drops him in a hole in this building and he says what it is is he's like as he's falling he, and he, as he's falling and he lands, he says, if I'm uh, translating pretentious uh, otherworldly monster speak, I might have just been invited to a cocktail mixer for bad guys. And what it is, is yeah, there's a whole bunch of villains at all these tables. Uh-huh. And it says, uh, welcome, friends. On display, you'll find an array of weapons that Tiger Shark promises will help you rid yourself of your city's superhero problem. And he turned the page and it's that dude's brother that gave him the tip standing with Tiger Shark and it says, and in front of you a superhero to sample those weapons on. That enough, because you may remember he made that deal with Tiger Shark that he wanted Nightwing, Mm -hmm. the skin of Nightwing. And he says, that enough skin for you, Tiger Shark? You know, enough of this game. And the next one's called The Night of 100 Supervillains. So it looks like he's going to be in for quite a fight. That one wasn't bad. No. 
It wasn't. It wasn't a bad one at all. It'll be interesting to see what happens next issue. The night of a hundred super. Yeah, it's something tells me it's going to fizzle out and not be the night of a thousand or not the night of a hundred supervillains. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, it wasn't bad. I gave it a. I gave it a seven. It'll be like you double crossed us and shit'll break down real quick. Yeah, something probably. Super Sons number five. Okay. Another great book this week. Yeah, it was fucking. I think this is my pick of the week since you had. But no, Spider Man was the pick of the week. Spider Man is my pick of the week. Yeah. But since oh, was you, it yours too? So I'm gonna do Super Sons. You're gonna do Super Sons over Spider Man? Uh, or just to be different? I'm doing it just just to disagree. No, okay. I'm just joking. That's fine. No, Spider Man fucking killed it. Yeah. It was it was the book of books. But Super Sons was really good too. Yeah, it That's was. That's why I'm surprised we're doing it before Batman. Yeah, I just figured. Because I want to get into Batman a little bit, so. All right. Um, Super Sons number five. Uh, I was telling, I was talking to one of our listeners about this, and I was like, "You should, you should really check out Super Sons." And they were like, "Well, I'm not a Superman fan. I really don't like Superman." And I was like, "You, you should really check it out. It's not really a Superman book. His son is really different from him. He's kind of, he doesn't have that Boy Scout attitude. He's got that kind of a different personality." I was like the He's book got more actually. more of a dad personality, right? Yeah, now. I was He's, like the book actually focuses more on on Damien than it does Superboy. Yeah, and you get more of the dynamic of Alfred as a parent and Lois Lane as a parent instead of the the two super you know Batman and Superman. But it opens up with Damien Wayne in the Batcave being all bored and like complaining about how <laughs> he got left behind and. He's practicing, and he got left behind, and, and he's grounded for what happened when they went to go fight the Amazo kids. And then it shows Superboy um, doing chores around the farm, and Lois is yelling at him because he's using his superpowers, and he's not supposed to. He's grounded from him. And Superman comes home, and he's putting back on his shirt and pants and glasses, and he, he's like, did I see you using your superpowers? And he's kind of just like yelling at Superboy, and then Superboy kind of flips out, and he's like... He's like, I don't want to move to Metropolis. I want to stay here. He's like, I don't want to go to the city. I want to stay on a farm. He's like, forget this. I'm out. You won't let me use my superpowers. You won't let me do anything. And he he gets mad and leaves. And Clark's like, don't worry. He's like, I'll keep an eye on him. And Superboy makes his way through the city. And he he ends up in the Batcave. He comes into, like, a control panel in the Batcave. And he's, like, talking shit about, about Robin and how he's, like, arrogant and how he... Um, he's arrogant. He's like, um, he's like Damien. Um, Damien dragged me to fight the kid in Mazo, and he probably got off fine. While I was grounded, he's like Robin sucks too. He's like, and I'm gonna tell him <laughs> to his face. And as he's coming through the um, the vent, Robin like he like pops out, and Robin's like that right there. And Robin, like, grabs him and chucks him and then starts... And he hits the penny in the Batcave and then he starts throwing... Uh, he's like a true to alert and starts throwing batarangs at him. And Superboy's like, it's me, you idiot. Stop throwing stuff at me. Um, and Robin's like, you could be an escaped maze of doppelganger what, that we missed. He's like, would you cut it out? It's me. And they start going back and forth. And they're arguing back and forth, like, blaming each other. Uh, and Robin's like, we're not friends. And, and Superboy's like, I never said we were. And they start fighting. <laughs> And he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And he pushes him, and Superboy's like this, and pushes <laughs> Robin back. So then he's like, then they start fighting. Like, they're fighting in the Batcave. Yeah, it's fucking cool. And, like, they're going at it punch for punch. And then um, Alfred's coming back. He's like, Master Damien, what's going on down there? <laughs> You're right. And uh, 
he, he's like, hurry up, hide, you dummy. I'm not, you're not supposed to be here. And they're hiding. And, and one of the parts that kills me is Alfred comes down and he's like, hmm, I can't believe my life has come to a place where I have to say this, but please step out from the dinosaur's buttocks. And you see the dinosaur. Awesome. And at the bottom, you see Superboy's cape standing out of the dinosaur's buttocks. And like, um, and Alfred's kind of like, would you care to tell me why you chose to visit our sanctuary? And Robin's like, he came to complain about his, how his life is so cruel. And Superboy's like, shut up. And they start fighting again. And Alfred kind of tells him about how Batman and Superman were at odds at first. And then they found common ground to become friends. And that's when, uh, Batman and Superman show up in the, the Batcave and they're they're talking and they're telling Robin and Superboy about how they used to be at odds and then became friends and one of my favorite parts before we get to Asian Superman is that uh, Superman's eating bread and he's talking to Batman he's like who do you think would win in a fight and Batman says me and Superman says but I'm stronger and I can fly and Batman says uh me and <laughs> Superman's like I think your cowl's on too tight and then you get Asian Superman yeah. Just poorly drawn. Um, but then it ends with Superman, you know, kind of giving the boys a pep talk. And he's like, listen, we're going to let you boys do your own thing. We're going to let you, you know, go out and explore and use your powers. But you got to do it together. And um, and then Lois is like, not, or Superman is just like, now I just need to sit, uh, sell that to Lois. And Batman's like, good luck with that, Kent. And Superboy's like, what do you want to do? And Robin's like, remember what I said before we took down Kid Amazo? Ask for forgiveness, not permission. And Superboy's as long as I'm home on time. And the next issue is Teen Titans. So it looks like Superboy might be joining the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of seen that coming, though. Yeah. But um, it was good. It was funny. I really liked the dynamic between Superboy and Robin. Um, the next issue is Super Sunday issue six, Planet of the Capes, part one, and it brings in the Justice League, or not the Justice League, but the Teen Titans. What do you think about this new Deathstroke or like storyline that's coming? Have you seen the ads for that? Mm-hmm. Where it's got like, it's like Deathstroke. He's a hero now, so it's Deathstroke, White Canary, Kid Flash, uh, his other son. It's just like all these other heroes. The Deathstroke think, honestly, defense. I didn't think anything of it. Really? Nope. I didn't even. As I was reading the book, I can honestly tell you that I didn't even <laughs> see that. And I read the book. But I give Super Sons a 9 out of 10. It's a good. It's a good read. Still good. Still I hope solid. they don't. I hope they don't cut Super Sons off to keep him in Teen Titans. Teen Titans? Yeah. I hope they keep yeah. that. Separate? Yeah. I think they will. I think they will too. But. All right, Batman. Batman. Twenty-five. The War of Jokes and Riddles, Part One. Extra size anniversary issue. You know what? I didn't even notice it was more. Really? Yeah, I just read it and. Yeah, um, it was a good read. So the premise of this whole book is, it's Batman. So where we left off last time, Batman proposed to Catwoman, and it's and it ended there. So what? The War of Joke and Roses, or the Joke and Riddles, is is it's Batman telling Catwoman about his darkest time at being Batman, where he had to make a choice that changed him forever, and it's something that he regrets even to this day. So he's trying to release his deepest, darkest secret to Catwoman before they get married. 
So you come to find out at the end of the book that he's telling the Catwoman the story that takes place after Zero Year, but it's a it's a war between Joker and Riddler, and essentially what's going on is Joker is going around killing people, and he's hosting like stand up comedy people and comedy people. He's trying to find his laughter again, so he's killing people to try and find his laughter, and he's just not happy. And so the police tried to bring the Riddler in to figure out the Joker's plans and what he's trying to do and his his patterns. Well, he kind of plays off of them and escapes. He kills the cop and escapes and goes to the Joker. And he was like, I, I know your plan. He was like, it was the easiest thing to figure out. It was his, he was like, it was as bright as the day and easy to see. And he's like, we're always going to be at odds because you want to kill the Batman and I want to kill the Batman. And neither one of us is going to be satisfied if we don't get to do that. So you're going to come after me if I kill the Batman. And I'm going to come after you if we kill the Batman. Why don't we team up mm-hmm. and go after the Batman together? Well, the Joker, being the Joker, decides to pull a gun and shoot Riddler in the gut. And say, nope, wasn't funny. <laughs> Didn't find it funny. And walks away. So then he leaves... Batman says he leaves the the Riddler there bleeding out to go hunt down the Joker mm-hmm. and to stop the Joker from killing all these people. And the Riddler gets up and and somehow escapes. So then at the end of the book, it cuts to him talking to Selina Kyle in bed, telling her this story. And he's like, it was, he was like, that's what started the war between the Riddler and the Joker, the war of Joker and Riddles. And it involved, it encompassed everyone in Gotham city. Every villain in Gotham city had to choose sides in this and he's he's like the choice i had to make pretty much (laughs) he's like the choice i had to make isn't one i'm proud of and it was a tough choice but it's one of the darkest times of me being batman he chooses uh, so he chooses the joker it was a very good first read um i give it an eight five i think this is going to be a good story arc i think it's just it was setting up the tone yep you you had to understand why the joker and the riddler are going to be at odds and you understand that you know, neither one's going to be satisfied if they don't get to be the one to kill the the Dark Knight. Um, so it'll it's going to be interesting to see the calculated brain of Edward Nigma versus the sporadic fly by the seat of your pants mm-hmm. style of the Joker, and it, it it's going to be one of those things that's going to tear Gotham City to its core. And it'll be interesting to see what villains choose what side. And tearing Gotham City to its core is kind of like blowing up the Xavier yeah. Mansion. Yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> but like, it, it'll be interesting to see what side would which like villain takes what side. Yeah. So it, it is. You're right. It's a civil war between villains, and Batman's kind of caught in the middle of it. I think. I th- so. I mean, it pretty much sounds like Batman had to choose a side as well. Like, do you think he has to choose who is the lesser of his two evils? Who yeah. Who would be easier to take out, or I mean, I wonder. I wonder what will be his basis for what whatever decision that he makes. Yeah, and because the Joker and the Riddler is kind of pissed because Batman went after Joker and he won't let the Joker die, but he was okay with letting like Nigma die. Mm-hmm. And and Batman kind of says, you know, I had to make the choice. I had to let one of them die. I couldn't save them both. And he doesn't say what happens, but I'm I'm assuming since we're getting so much Joker stuff that it's going to be the Joker he doesn't let die because they have this fucking romance. Right. One can't exist without the other. They have this love-hate relationship, this yeah. yin and yang. But, yin and yang. 
Oops. Got it was a good issue. It's a good story arc. Um, I can't wait to see where it goes. It's eight. It's an eight part story. So we got a ways. We got we got a ways to go. But um, hopefully it it's got a good payoff to it. Yeah. So I give it an eight five. Yeah, I do too. I thought it was really good. All right. Final book of the night. The book of the week. The book we've been fucking waiting for. The book. This is the. Before we start this. We have been talking. Please, please, give us a Spider-Man book that does not have Dan Slott. Yeah. So we have now... So once we heard that Peter Parker's particular Spider-Man was going to come out... I mean, how long have we been waiting for this? Six months? Uh, yeah. Five months? Mm-hmm. When we found out that Dan Slott was writing it, how long... I mean, I have been so excited about this since, since then. Between that and the and the fucking two pack cover, two pack, two pack, two buck, yeah, it's a all eyes on me hip hop variant cover, very nice cover. I bought both. I got I I did I bought a regular cover. Did you buy both covers? No, I just bought the hip hop one. I bought the regular. There's so many fucking covers. I ended up buying. Let's see about this one too. Yeah, and I liked it because it's got a got the like mustard mu- stain. It looked like it even bled through onto his uh, costume. <laughs> nice. So I thought that was kind of cool, especially for the regular cover. But I like that this book opened with Johnny, him and Johnny Storm mm-hmm. being friends and eating lunch together. I, I like how they 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 gave you the backstory, the recap of his origin, with a twist of humor to it. Yeah, like I, I like that they did that. Like they they, they you, you got the Spider Man crash course. They did it. They did it in one page, and they did. I think they did it in eight panels, maybe even six panels. No, I think it's eight panels. Doesn't even matter. One yeah, page. It's like the first two pages. Yeah, where you got you got the crash, the Spider-Man crash course. But it was, it, yeah, it was fucking there on a fucking <laughs> ledge, and he's like, "I don't want to fucking hear it again." Spider-Man's yeah. like, "No, no, no, I gotta tell it." Yeah, because you gotta understand how great power, my great power, with or with great power comes my great responsibility. And, and Johnny's just like, whatever, dude. Right. And he's like, listen, you come in here and you tell me your origin story with your cool new suit. And Spider-Man's like, well, you were part of the Fantastic Four. Why don't you get Reed Richards to make you a cool new suit? And Johnny's like, because when you burst into flames, you're cool enough already. Right. And, and Spider-Man's like, damn, you got me. Right. <laughs> so then he's kind of web-slinging through the city and he's kind of bored. He's like, there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. And they make they make date a date to go to the movies. They're like, are we still on for the movies tonight? And Johnny's like, yeah. It's like, all right, I'll beat your house at 7.30. So he's web-slinging through the city, and uh, he's kind of bored. <sighs> Excuse me. And then this woman starts getting uh, mugged, right? And uh, he goes down to stop her. And as he's, like, fighting him, Ant-Man shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> like, he's, like, he tries to shoot, uh, like, a web fluid at him, and it fizzles out like it yeah. doesn't work right. I think it was, like, a web foam or yeah, something. Yeah, it doesn't work right. And then, like, he's just sitting there thinking, and then all of a sudden the guy gets knocked out. And he's like, wait, did I knock someone out with my mind? He's like, does my, do spiders have the power to knock someone out with their mind? And she's like, uh, you might want to turn it on, and there's Ant-Man. Short Ant-Man. Yeah, but his helmet got damaged, so he can't grow back to full size, so he's short. Yeah, he's like he's like, he's like like four foot five. Yeah, so um, as they're leaving, he asked, or the chick starts hitting on Peter and hitting on Spider-Man. And gives him her business card and says, "Call me. Let's go get dinner sometime." I like that she flicks it at him. Yeah, 
And it doesn't stick because she thought it was going to yeah, stick. She it was going to stick to him. Like this book is full with like quick witty humor, and but it's not like cheesy no. Deadpool humor right. where you where you're like okay, oh yay another joke, uh, meh. <laughs> another joke. Yeah. But it was actually like it was enjoyable. The quick wit was right. actually enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Because she like like Kyle said, she flicks the business card at him because she thought it was going to stick to him, and when it doesn't, she's like, oh uh, well. I feel stupid now. And he's like, oh, it's all right. He's like, I'm not sticky all the time. And uh, but it could be later tonight. And I liked, I liked how the the writer and the artist were quipping back and forth through the panels. Mm-hmm. So, and I like how it had callbacks to like the original Spider-Man run. And it's like, well, the Spider, this issue, like it's referring it, to all these previous like, Spider-Man like stories. Issue 100. Yeah. Fucking. I think it even referred to Superior. They fucking. Yeah, they, they do all that, and it's like. And it's funny, like the editor and and the artist are having these quick whips back and forth and stuff. So it's even a very dialoguey book. Yeah, and it still flows to the point where you're like, you're not like, fuck, this is fucking. There's so much dialogue in this book, you know. Yeah, so they take. Um, so as they're leaving, Ant Man's like, "Hey, can you take me to meet this this dude to uh, to fix my tech?" Or he finds a unhackable. Stark phone. Well, he, yeah, and he, yeah, and he's like, um, "Can you take me to Mason's?" And uh, Spider-Man's like, "Wait, who's Mason? Should I know him?" And Ant-Man's like, "He's a genius inventor. Works for the likes of NASA, tons of technology-based companies. Uh, he does tech for superheroes now. Everyone uses him at some point. Hawkeye for his arrows, Daredevil for his weird stick, his weird sticks. Even Iron Man would go to him for uh, things he couldn't figure out." And Spider-Man's like, no one told me about him. He's like, I guess everyone thought I was too smart to need him. And Ant-Man's like, yeah, Tony Stark thought you were smarter than him. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so they go in there, and it turns out that he's, like, the Tinkerer's brother. Yeah. And the, and Super, Spider-Man's kind of like the Tinkerer. He's been a pain in my side for a long time. And um, he's like, then so the guy starts explaining himself that his brother was using tech for villainy, so he decided to use tech for superheroes and... He he basically essentially fixes he fixes Ant Man. He actually makes him an inch taller than he was originally, and uh, then he's like, "Here, let me help you with your." He's like, "I noticed your web fluid issue," so he helps him with the the webbing and stuff. And I like how they're they're quick back and forth. And um, Ant Man's like, uh, he's like, "So Mason's brother." Uh, He's like so. So Ant Man says, "Spider Man's like so." Mason's brother is a tinker. What your arch enemy? And Spider Man's like, I wouldn't say arch, but he's one of my first. And he's like, he's on top of my uh, thwip list, to be honest. And Ant Man's like, man, you're the only guy I know who have so many senior citizen enemies. <laughs> Spider Man's like, they're always trying to buy me off with their deep discounts and dusty cookies. <laughs> and like it's just wit like that that like really sells this book. In um he's trying to hack this phone and Mason's assistant ends up hacking the phone. And he finds out that this, whoever has this other hacked phone is in, uh, Chicago. So he goes to Chicago to figure it out and kind of leaves Johnny storm waiting for him. And he's like going back and forth about whether he, well, he's in the airport about calling this girl. And he finally calls her and makes a date with her for the next day. And he's like, this will be real easy. Just knock on the door, see who's behind here. He's like, Maybe some tech genius, and he'll be surprised to see me. Um, he's like, 
and he knocks on the door and the door opens and he gets blasted out and he's like um and what i like is he he knocks on the door and he's like um yes this is the world famous spider-man but i just want to talk and sure maybe arrest you but probably not probably not and he's like whoa spider sense is kicking in and he gets blasted and there's this dude in like this souped up he almost looks like shocker but it's like souped up iron man armor yeah and he's like sure sure life is a series of negotiations and um it cuts back to johnny standing outside of peter's apartment and he's like unbelievable of course he's not checking his phone stupid parker and it's like i'm and this girl comes up she's like excuse me are you he's like yeah well yes i am johnny storm and yes i am suddenly free tonight and you are she's like um i was actually about to ask if you were talking about peter parker my name's Teresa. i'm his sister and it's like wait what so now all of a sudden peter parker has a sister yeah right so is it a clone like I'm, I'm wondering if it's a clone or what the deal is but we'll have to wait till the next issue to see what the deal with the sister is um but uh don't miss Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man 2 and I like the tagline underneath like let us know how we're doing send an email to spideyofficial at marvel.com please mark okay to print or make okay to print so like it's it's really really weird I just fucked up this cover more I hate these covers I really do not like I was so excited about the two-pack fucking uh, all eyes on me cover and I got it and they really shit the bed on that fucking cover well it's like the pr- like when they do all black it sucks because when you touch the cover like it leaves prints yeah but um I'll just buy a new cover it's not that big a deal fucking baller um but I really enjoyed it I gave the book a 10 out of 10 yeah it was fucking great I gave it a 9 like I, I mean it was wordy but it was it, it still flowed good it was witty it was funny it was it was not Dan Slot, which was fucking thank you Marvel it was witty. It was funny. It had a, a nice. Um, it had a nice mixture of other heroes in and it. Adam Kubert's doing the art. Adam Kubert's doing the art. It had a nice twist with Peter Parker having a, a sister at the end. I, I, for a huge Spider-Man fan like I know I like I am and I know you are, it's a book I've been waiting for. Yes, I agree. And it's with you. not Dan Slott. It it's got a nice feel of old nostalgic Spider-Man with new twists. With new twists. And I can't wait to continue reading it. I agree. So that's I it. fucking agree. That's it. That's our show this week. That's it. That is it. Thank you, Marvel, for giving us Peter Parker, the <laughs> spectacular Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> but that's it for this week, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you maybe found some new comics in uh, Shirtless Bear Fighter or Plastics Fuck. that you want to check out going forward. Let us know what you thought of our reviews. Let us know if you agreed or disagreed with our reviews. We always like to hear from you guys. And I Googled a cowl. He, he, that is not what Nightwing wears. Okay. So it's he, more like a cloak robe yeah. thing that covers, so yeah, like like said, like, covers the head. That, yeah. I don't know why I thought that. I, I don't know. He wears a man. He wears a mask. It's okay, though. He wears like. He doesn't even wear a mask, dude. He wears a fucking. Onesie. <laughs> he wears a onesie. All right. Oh, well, shit happens. So for the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. And we will see you next time.